This is the Cine Snob Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 257 of the Cine Snob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I am Cody Viafania. Cody, um, we are talking Creed 3 today. Mm-hmm. Um, and in discussing this before we record the show, you mentioned, like, you we kind of talked boxing. You you mentioned something about like the current state of boxing. Yeah, I don't know shit about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you are are would you call your you're wearing a southpaw hat? So, <laughs> yes. uh, would you call yourself a fan of boxing? I it, sorry is first of all is that an ironic hat or is it do you actually like the movie Southpaw? Uh, it's an ironic one. I've never seen it. But okay, it's neither really, have I. Not great. So, uh, are are you a fan of boxing as it stands now? I am. Before we recorded here, uh, I watched a boxing match, uh, a live? live boxing match. Yeah. Where? From where? It was from Saudi Arabia, but it was. Uh, oh, oh, it, 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 you're it, playing it, into that whole thing, right? Well, yeah. it speaks into the lunacy of what boxing has become. Um, which would you like me to get into it? Yeah, please. <laughs> I'm curious because I, you know, I've never been a fan. Um, yeah. I, I know that that it's like, kind of. You know, it's the Rocky thing is was my introduction to it, and I was around for like Mike Tyson's heyday, yeah, playing Punch Out and shit like that. But I don't know shit about well, boxing he, today. And I can speak as an enthusiast of it. I'm not I, by no means am I an expert in anything. But you know, it's gotten to the point where there's a few things happening. I think the first thing is that uh, it's crooked as shit, <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, a lot of times there's a lot of fights that go to scorecards where the judges are just out of their minds scoring it like incorrectly than what every person watching at home and every boxing analyst sees and so you know that's part of the thing that ruined everything um you know previously you know boxers were household names i mean you think about you know you know holyfield and tyson and foreman and you know of course muhammad Muhammad ali but even you think down to like people knew who like lennox lewis was or um, yeah buster douglas yeah and now like there's there's no big name boxers right now like like you have a guy like Canelo Alvarez who's probably one of the bigger names known but also like you know hasn't you know there's no one there's no like super fights anymore because there aren't like big names in boxing that are like waiting to fight each other like again like everyone wanted like Pacquiao and Mayweather Mayweather to fight back in the day you know and both those guys are done well I mean they still fight, but they're not like high level competitors, which brings you to the guys who do make a lot of money. And like right now, one of the biggest draws and who I was just watching was Jake Paul. Yes. That's um, what I was going to bring up. Who lost for the first time today. Um, oh. Maybe because he fought an actual boxer and not uh, Nate Robinson <laughs> or <laughs> who you mean has... uh, slam dunk champion, Nate Robinson. Yes. I think one of his first wins, he knocked out Nate Robinson and everyone's like, <laughs> Oh my God, he's so great. Like, come on. And then he's fought like washed out MMA fighters and stuff like that. So like the state of boxing as like a popular thing is now like a sideshow. And so that's kind of, you know, the whole thing where like he's like people are having to talk about this guy like he's some like legit up and comer, which I mean, like he knows what he's doing. But at the same time, he's not he was, you know, he fought a 47 year old ex MMA guy his last fight. Like, what, what are we doing here? So uh, is it still like um is it still like where people get together to watch the fight? Like, like are there still big pay per views? I'm I, forgive me for sounding completely out of this, but I've never given a shit about boxing. So that type of culture has kind of switched to UFC at this point, where okay. you know they show MF, UFC fights in movie theaters every week or every or every other week. Um, people do gather for those pay per view events. You know, I 
I go to a bar every so often that, you know, is playing all of them and, uh, and that's cool. And, and so, um, the sort of like spectacle, big fights, you know, gatherings, parties, you know, what, like watching on the big screen, that all happens almost exclusively with MMA now. I do recall, I seem to recall, um, weren't you, wasn't it four or five years ago, at least like after a big Spurs playoff loss, like you were, you and our, our pal Kiko were somewhere like watching some fight afterward. Oh yeah. And it was like one of the saddest pictures I'd ever seen of like, y'all watching this fight after this massive Spurs playoff shit. the bed. Yeah. I believe, were we watching like on, like at a garage or like a garage? Yeah. That was when we lost to the Clippers. We lost the series to the Clippers that year. Um, I don't remember what year it was, but it was like the the Chris Paul Blake Griffin Clippers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember the the last time I remember seeing that was uh, a friend of mine uh, his bachelor party. We were at a uh, let's just call it a gentleman's club, mm. um, and I got there late because I was getting off of work, and literally everything else had shut down in there except for people watching the boxing match. So I paid like $20 to get in to watch this boxing match. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know what's happening here. Yeah. So anyway, um, I mean, so, I, I like boxing more than MMA, but I watch MMA more because it's not a shit show is what with this boxing match. You watch this Jake Paul or uh yeah, Jake Paul m- match. Was it, it was like live streamed or was it on like ESPN? What was it on? It was a pay-per-view. Oh shit. So they're still doing it. So yeah, I mean, it's, I mean like the big matches are, you know, still pay-per-view stuff. It's just like, you know, it's probably not getting the same amount of buys as it did for like every Mayweather fight, you know, 10 years ago, which, you know, again, like that was the other thing where Mayweather was the biggest star in his fights were boring as shit because <laughs> one he would only take fights that he could for sure win and then two um he he uh he was like a boring boxer to watch because he would just like he'd never knocked anyone out really he just kind of won on points and stuff like that but yeah i mean it goes back i mean i remember when um when kiko had a uh had his, a baby shower for his first for his <laughs> first kid we uh we all got together and watched a mayweather fight um, <laughs> Or not? I guess it was a, I guess it was a male baby shower. Uh, yeah, I've done those before. I don't, it, I don't recall going friends. to that one, but uh, I went. To, a friend of mine had one, and like the rule was, we had to bring like diapers or something. Yep, that's what we did, yeah. and then just get blackout he, drunk. He called it uh, Pampers and Punches, I believe, uh, was the name of the event. Um, Pampers and Punches. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, um, let's so. Since we're talking about boxing, let's go ahead and move on to uh, reviews so we can get to talking about Creed 2. Creed 3, mm-hmm. what do you say, Cody? Let's do it. Here are this week's reviews. Like I said, first up, we have Creed 3. The higher you get, the harder it gets. It's a battle. So, how long have you known each other? We was like brothers. One day you came back. The past came back too. 
There may have been a time when Damien had your back. No friends in the industry. But that's not what he's doing now. My brother's been my brother's mate. They ain't no kidding me up that. Before I got locked up, I was the best. You a coward, bro. And a fraud. Probably spending half your life in a cell. Watching somebody else live your life. I had to draw the line. I'm just getting started, little brother. I had to draw the line between my brothers and my enemies. I'm coming for it all. This is, of course, the third movie in the Creed uh, trilogy now. Uh, I guess you would technically uh, call this the ninth movie in the Rocky series. However, there is no Sylvester Stallone in this film. Yes. Um, But it is the directorial debut of star uh, Michael B. Jordan. Cody, tell us about Creed 3 and what you thought of it. Yeah, so it's it, this is going to be an interesting one because I think that the early buzz, you know, we kind of saw this. It, it was one of those random ones where we saw like in a vacuum where we were kind of one of the first wave of critics to see it while there was still a pretty heavy embargo. And mm-hmm. uh, the embargo has since been lifted. And um, and the response is a different one than I had to it. You know, I uh, I I liked Creed fine. Um, I, I was not super high on it as, as high as a lot of people were. I finally saw Creed 2 for the first time, like last week. Um, yeah, I watched it right before Creed 3 and, and I thought Creed 2 was fine. Um, you know, not, not, uh, not amazing by any stretch and I think a little bit corny, um, but you know, effective in, in what it was trying to do. Um, and this one, uh, kind of, you know, follows, uh, a story where, uh, Adonis, played by Michael B. Jordan, has retired from boxing, um, and he is uh, essentially a promoter um, uh, where he has he has his own gym, and he's got some fighters that he's kind of promoting and then putting fights together. And um, and after uh, after uh, a, a training session, one day he comes outside and sees uh, uh, someone from his past. Uh, a, a, a guy named Damien played by Jonathan Majors mm-hmm. um, re-entering his life. And, and he kind of, um, uh, you know, wants to, you know, was, was essentially locked up for 18 years for something that happened um, between the two of them as kids. And in kind of Jonathan Majors was the guy who ended up like taking the fall for what happened. Um, and, uh, and during that time, um, he had been like working out in the gym and, and when they were growing up, they were both interested in boxing and, um, and he wants a title shot essentially coming out of jail, um, despite being in jail for the last 18 years. And so, um, and so that kind of is the first domino that falls. Um, and then what we see there is, you know, a series of events that eventually leads to, um, Adonis coming out of retirement and, and fighting, uh, and fighting Jonathan Major's character, uh, Damien, um, and so, you know, my reaction and response to the movie was that uh, I, I think I think Creed three is a bad movie, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, which you know, to say that about a ninety percent movie right now may sound crazy, but I, I, there's a few things at play here. Um, you know, one of which is like the elephant in the room that you mentioned, and this is not a spoiler in any way, but there is no presence of Sylvester Stallone or the Rocky character at all in the movie um he is not referenced there's no he's referenced once is just exactly once when uh donnie talks about um he talks about the rocky uh uh apollo fight Mm. uh anyway there is one one solitary reference okay 
Um, but uh, but there's no, he, you know, he's not off screen somewhere. They don't explain his absence. He's just not there. Mm-hmm. And for me, the thing that had kind of really grounded uh, the Creed movies, especially Creed Two, was the presence of Stallone and Rocky. Um, and uh, and I think there are times within this movie where I, I think that 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 grounding presence would have really helped um, some stuff that I felt was falling short. Um, I think the second thing is that um, for the first time in the series, in the Creed series at least, there are some stylistic changes to the actual boxing matches. And you see that early on where they kind of like make some interesting, at least interesting cuts that I, you know, to like like showing like areas that are left open, like for body shots and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then towards the end of the fight, you know, some, you know, CGI stuff where like the crowd is removed and stuff like that. I was not into the, those stylistic changes whatsoever. Um, I think part of what made the Creed movies like interesting and, 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 and stuff was that, you know, those fight scenes were, you know, like they were really taking punches and they seemed realistic and, um and, and this kind of the I, I like the realism of the boxing of those first two and this you know f- because of these you know effects really didn't um uh, didn't didn't do that for me um i think that there is a lot of plot holes going on here um within its story um i, I think that there are times where you know majors who is good i mean look majors is good in the movie um yeah. he's the best part of the movie um but his character has like uh has like a a a clear plan here and none of his care none of his characters plans seem to be fleshed out in any significant way in one instance when you see him fight for the first time there's like a hint that maybe he's like fighting dirty but he's staying within the rules and like there's one reference to like oh he's learned some tricks but they don't ever like explore his boxing style or what his plan is and like is he trying to injure the other person and in 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 fight unfairly or is he is he trying to stay within the rules it's never talked about there is there is a a thing that happens that sets the story in motion um where it is revealed that like i'll just say that it is revealed where he had a plan all along and that maybe he did some things to maybe activate that plan where Mm. it is referenced in a snippet like a, a, a like a one or two second reference of a thing on, on on like a photograph, and then it's never spoken of again. Uh, there is a character who um, something significant happens in Adonis's life um, towards towards like the last third of the movie that happens and then never is referenced again and or never seems to affect him in any real way, um, and that leads me to the final piece, which is the crux of the entire movie which is this storyline of uh you know this guy who used to train with adonis back when they were kids being in jail for 18 years and then demanding and ultimately getting um a world championship title shot despite not having any professional fights under his belt the last time he fought was like golden gloves amateur stuff when he was a teenager and, you know, I, I said this to you, I think, but even as preposterous and ridiculous and absurd <laughs> as modern boxing is, the story is just completely unbelievable. Like, it's something that would never happen. And I feel like, 
you know, even though Rocky movies, uh, as I, I've only, I haven't seen like the ones that get really goofy, but even though there's like some ridiculous stuff in this, you know, the Creed movies are grounded in reality and realism. And for a series that is grounded in that, um, to have it, it's, it's, it's main story be so not believable for me, it was hard to suspend disbelief because the, the idea behind it was so ludicrous and ridiculous. And so, you know, what it ends up being is kind of like, um, you know, Adonis sort of like fighting against himself in many ways. And, um, and, 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 you know, you get your training montages as he comes back and, and like, you know, uh, you know, feeling like he has to, um, you know, take the fight that, that everyone is again, telling him not to take and everything like that. And again, just the whole thing seemed like it was like really missing a grounded something to it. And I think that something may have been Rocky. So I think, you know, people can talk about like this being the departure and for, for kind of the story to kind of take that, you know, take, take the baton and run with it. But I don't think that the story is strong enough. I don't think that the script is nearly strong enough. I don't like the directorial uh, choices that are made. Um, I don't like the way in which the story is told and unfolds. Uh, just nothing about this movie really worked for me um, on on any level. Yeah, you know, um, the the Rocky thing is a huge. It's a huge hole for me. I know a lot of people are okay with the passing of the baton. Um, like you, I hadn't seen for whatever reason I didn't see Creed two until just a few weeks ago. Um, I. For the record, I loved the first Creed. I thought it was really great, um, really like refreshing. And, you know, people will point to the Rocky stuff like, I mean, it's clearly of its time. And I don't clearly stuff like that wouldn't work now. Like the the idea that that this is like the, you know, the, Rocky was always painted as the perennial underdog um, because he was, you know, a small Italian guy fighting you know, these giant, you know, professional boxers. Anyway, I, I think this movie makes the mistake that, uh, like, it leans too far back into that mode of storytelling. Like, it leans a little too far back into the kind of preposterousness of the Rocky series that came before. And I don't think, this isn't, like, on the level of, like, some Rocky Five street fighting bullshit or even kind of the... What was it? The video? Did you the video game simulation of Rocky Balboa? Uh, I mean, that's cornball. But um, you know, for first things first, you've already got the character canonically being damn near forty years old, mm-hmm. um, and they're still calling him like a young fighter. Like, hold on, mm-hmm. Creed Apollo Creed died in nineteen eighty five, so this would make him like pushing forty. Uh, the the Jonathan Majors character uh, Damien is is older than him. Uh, it, it already fudges the timelines a little bit, and this movie plays as a, a pretty big retcon. I think um, you get a lot of this, um, uh, and I think we had a clip in the trailer. Like, how come you never told me about this? Uh, so it's writing in this backstory for Adonis that I don't know that it's necessarily like I don't know that it needed to be told, and I don't know that it entirely works. Um, because you have this character who was, again, a major, major part of his life uh, that is just now being mentioned. Um, you know, I get it. the the movie The movie sets up a lot of like parallels and mirrors. There's a lot of mirror imagery, and you know, this is, is like you said, essentially Adonis fighting himself. But you know, like you also like you said, there's some really paper thin characterization to the Damien character, 
where you're meant to see him as a villain, like complete with <laughs> complete with evil henchmen in the middle of the movie that come out of nowhere. Uh, after he wins a improbably wins a world championship, uh, and then by the end of it, you're you're meant to sympathize with him again, right? Um, you know, first of all, you've got this this guy Adonis Creed, uh, you know, retired heavyweight champion of the world, multi multi millionaire, was already rich anyway. Like the movie, like he starts the movie or he starts the first movie wealthy, you know, with the uh, living with uh, Apollo Creed's widow is his adopted mother. Um, but then you get like him, like kicking around this shitty gym, like getting kicked out by the trainer. Like it, there's still, there's still put, tries to build in this underdog story that, like you said, with the preposterousness of boxing, the way it is like, it doesn't work. This right. is one of the most famous fucking athletes in the world at this point. And that he's like going out to, and even Creed two did this where he's like going out to small restaurants and shit. Like it just doesn't work. And the idea that he could essentially create this other megastar by accident in yeah. the Damien character, like, hold on, like, what's happening? Like, but, the, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, but again, like, you know, the, the, and the circumstances that happen, like, in no world would there not be, like, another 5, 10, 15 people to take the fight that Damien ends up taking right in any of it and like that and again it, it's just it just feels so preposterous to me it's so hard for me to get over well and, and you know I would I would buy it a little more if it was like hey I'm the fucking promoter I'm gonna do this or like, or, or how about if Damien was like a rising boxer like in the professional field before he you know things happen and he went to jail and you like establish that but you establish him as like a golden gloves teenage boxer right. at that point with no professional record um it's just a i don't know yeah and then uh the there's the the notion in the middle where there's like the heel turn for damien as though something of value has been taken right uh and and it's it's adonis's responsibility to get it back to save the day it's a weird it's a weird that's a weird plot point for a, a movie that is released in 2023 in a series that was you know relatively grounded in reality the reality of professional boxing I don't think it's bad I don't think it's a bad movie I think it's a disappointing a disappointment compared to especially the first Creed um I I don't have a, a strong opinion of Creed 2 um I think it does a pretty good job but I I feel like this one, it feels like it's missing something. Like you mentioned, it's missing the Stallone thing for sure. It feels like it's missing a little bit of the heart that the first one had. Um, you know, the, the the idea that this is like it mirrors Rocky three a little bit, um, especially in like the simultaneous punch thing that happens in, in the film. Mm -hmm. Um you know, it, it it just feels it feels like something's up. I don't I don't dislike the direction. I think the stylistic choices are interesting. It's not necessarily what I would have picked for this movie, but I think Michael B. Jordan puts a little bit of a stamp on it. Um, you know, the, it gets a little impressionistic near the end of the movie, which I don't know it entirely works. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the the idea that this feels like a big retcon, that it feels like, you know, the, like, let me just say, like, I feel like... Everything that happened with the Felicia Rashad character was meant to happen to Rocky in a previous draft. That makes sense. Um, 
I don't know. I, I don't dislike it. I just I, I'm disappointed by it, especially after the high of something like the first Creed, which I, again, fucking loved. And even the, the you know, the competent uh, kind of going through the motions of Creed two. Uh, anyway, Cody, what did you think? of What's your grade for Creed three? Yeah. So I, I, I uh, again, I just don't think that the the narrative really works for me. I don't like the stylistic choices of it. Um, I, I think that Damien as a character is is a f- like written flaw uh, with flaws. Uh, I guess I would say. Um, so and and I and unlike you, I do think that it is a bad movie. I give it a C. A C. Wow. Uh, I'm gonna give it a B minus. I think it's um, I think it's 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 a decent enough time. I think it's not a bad movie. Uh, I just think it's it's got some flaws that I don't know that I can totally overlook. Um, you know to the point where it's it's going to be something that like i would revisit the first creed way before i'd revisit this creed at all um i, I do hope the series continues i don't know where it can go i hope it gets a little more realistic or gets back to being grounded but i don't know if this were to wrap it up i'd be okay with it too yeah uh let's move on to our next movie operation fortune turns out everyone thinks you're a superstar danny once they heard you were in town they came to us <laughs> Stop. I don't think I could do this. No, no, no. Danny? Nope. Danny. Trust yourself. No need to be nervous. No reason to be nervous. They're only killers. We've all seen you handle killers before on screen. Fundamentally, there's no difference. What do you think an agent does? They act. No one acts better than you, Danny. The best agents are stars, and the best actors are movie stars. I guess that's sort of true. You're an actor. Act. From nowhere, Josh Hartnett, by the yeah. way. Um, I didn't see this movie. Cody, you did. It's the latest from director Guy Ritchie. Yes. It's, you know, Guy Ritchie has kind of like um, had an up, had a very strange last few years. Um, <laughs> you know, making, in the same year, I believe, making Aladdin, uh, which I did not care for all that much. And then The Gentleman, which I did care for quite a bit, which I thought was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Wrath of Man came out in between this and, and those movies, um, which I did not like. But, um, yeah, so it, it's it's interesting in that, like, you know, it, it is not like this. The, it's not like the return to form to Guy Ritchie that The Gentleman was where, like, the dialogue was super snappy and um, and you have, like, really memorable, fun characters. Um, but it's also not kind of like a, a, a bore fest, which I think a lot of his stuff has been in the past. Um, so, so really what you get, and, and, and like to its credit, I think the movie starts off stronger than it finishes because it starts off like kind of giving you a very quick setup of what's going on, which is like there was like a heist of a doodat um, that is of unknown power. People, they don't really know what they're going for. They just know that something was heisted and stolen and that it's being sold to someone else. And so Jason Statham plays like a secret agent or whatever. Operation Fortune, <laughs> or uh, uh, what's his? I, or, his Orson name? Fortune. Orson Fortune, uh, a terrible <laughs> that a, name. That's a ter- that, that sounds like the rural juror. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's not only, uh, though, a terrible name, it is also. Um, it's also a, a terrible title of the movie. This movie, the title "Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre" is a fucking awful name. Uh, but uh, but anyway, so so he's like he plays like a government agent who 
has to, who is like the off the grid guy who you get when you have to do like some real dirty work and they put together a team no no way yeah no that 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 involves uh like aubrey plaza and then eventually josh hartnett becomes involved and i really liked the simplistic setup of it which is just like we don't need a ton of backstory you actually get your exposition coming from uh you know coming from the leader um who is a uh, uh played by um carrie how do you say is i don't is it carrie elwes El- elwes is that how you say it yeah carrie yeah. elwes it's played by carrie elwes who who is the kind of like uh leader of everything a uh, leader of the agency and you know he's explaining what's happening and then in the background you're like seeing the heist happen uh with no audio and stuff so it's like a real quick setup and then you get like right into it and i really appreciated like like not buckets and buckets of exposition leading off. Now there is buckets and buckets of exposition that happens closer to the third act. But what you get is like a movie that has like, you know, it's kind of like a a, a typical kind of like spy espionage kind of thriller where you know Aubrey Plaza plays like the the computer hacker part, and then there's another character who's like a driver and stuff, and then you know Hartnett is doing like undercover work as himself and stuff uh, he plays an actor in the movie uh, and um mm-hmm. and uh not not Josh Hartnett but like a movie star um I should clarify that um thank you thank yeah. you I appreciate uh, it but um but but I I actually found it to be funny I th- I think the tone really works I think that having Aubrey Plaza in the movie really helps and I think that she's really good in it um and like she's not anywhere out of place in this like spy action comedy um like the gentleman, it features a like kind of like fantastic, mildly over the top Hugh Grant, um, <laughs> who I who it's like keeps delivering like really fun and interesting performances in recent years, um, and uh, who in his character is sort of like a super fan of Josh Hartnett's character, and so that's their way into everything. Um, but you have you know people going undercover and like uh, and and stuff like that. Where it really starts to get bogged down is that when the tech that's that's like um, that they're actually after is like revealed, then it gets sort of bogged down in like exposition, you know, uh, nonsense. What uh, 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 what we call it a MacGuffin, right? Um, yeah, the, just a doodad that they're looking. At. Yeah, MacGuffin, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so uh, and, and and so that's I think the third act kind of falls apart a little bit. Um, but that being said, like, I found it to be enjoyable. I found, I, you know, I like when Statham is able to do, like, a little bit of comedy um, and, and, like, has a little bit of self-awareness. You know, there's some stuff that doesn't necessarily work. Like, his character has, like, an obsession with high-end wine and, like, they keep on spending a bunch of money uh, on him, uh, like, doing these missions. Like, he, that's what he demands is, like, that kind of stuff. But, you know, all in all, it, it's I wouldn't say, like, it's a return to form to Guy Ritchie. Like, it doesn't have any, like, visual style to speak of that's interesting. And it doesn't have, like I said, the snappy dialogue uh, or the, uh, the, like, memorable characters. But it has, like, a fun script. It has a good tone to it. I like the balance of humor and action within it. And, um, you know, I don't think it's something that I would necessarily, like, ever watch again. But, um, you know, for, for you know, a spy action comedy, not too bad. All right. Well, what's your grade for Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre? My grade is a B minus. B minus. I would recommend it. Cool. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, next week, Cody, uh, the Oscars, is it already next week? It absolutely is. And, oh my and God. We'll, we'll talk logistics. Uh, but uh, One of yeah. these days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, uh, we'll be, uh, uh, you and I will be going to South by Southwest. 
Yeah, you make your triumphant return. My triumphant return, the first time since 2019. Well, I guess the first time, um, yeah, I don't remember the last time I saw a movie there. Was it 2019? Shit, I don't remember. That feels like a million years ago now, but it feels like yesterday, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, that probably does sound right, though. I, I do believe that was the last time I was there. Um, let's see, what movies came out in uh, in in that? God, I don't. I don't remember. Was that when uh, Train Spotting Two premiered? Am I going Gosh. crazy? I didn't see that. Maybe. I really don't uh, know. Man, I don't know. I'd really have to. I'd really have to go back and, and remember this. Um, but it was not. Um, oh, Stuber played there. Oh my God! That I don't even remember ever seeing. I don't think. Um, headliners. Let's see. Uh, Booksmart opened there. I don't believe I saw it there. Um, uh, the Highwaymen. That was, um, uh, I think that was a big Texas one. Mm-hmm. Pet Cemetery. Oh, us uh, was at South by. I didn't. See, I don't think I saw any of those there. I don't think those, I did either. But those were the big. Uh, yeah, Stuber. They showed a work in progress of Stuber. Can you imagine? Like no. To, to, I, <laughs> I've seen one work in progress movie at uh, South by. It was um, what well, was Disaster Artist. It was a work in progress when we watched it, right? Yeah, I don't remember much changing in it. I didn't either. Um, I did. The only real like work in progress movie I've ever seen that like literally did change was the campaign. Oh yeah. I remember you've told me about this. Yeah. Um, That's, that's one of the most like, and that was like a month out of release and they were still cutting it anyway. Crazy. Um, Yeah. uh, If you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast at cinesnob.net. Find us on Twitter at cinesnob, Facebook, cinesnobnet, youtube.com slash cinesnob. Cody, you're on letterboxd. Letterboxd.com slash Cinesnob Cody if you want to keep track. Uh, South by Southwest is right around the corner. And uh, if anyone is following along or there and wants to know what to see or what the buzz is like, follow me. Yeah. Um, I don't know what uh, what days I'll be attending, but I wonder if the days of – like you, you were there last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like the first kind of in-person return? Yeah. Was it Was it back to full strength yet? Uh, the crowds were lighter for sure, mm-hmm. especially as you got further in the week. You know, typically speaking, the back half of South by Film is pretty, you know, sparsely attended because the music starts midway through and the people who have like the badges for everything, um, shift to that. But uh, but last year was definitely a different vibe. It was not as crowded. I'm curious if uh, if your stated goal before was to never pay for a meal. Oh yeah, the first couple of days would still work. You know, I, I've actually, you know, there, I, I've, in, in, in last year, one thing I did was I stayed a whole day at Lamar, uh-huh. uh, just to avoid downtown and like park for free <laughs> was also a benefit for that. And, um, uh, and that was the one day that kind of killed me, uh, because you're like eating draft house food or you're eating like Shake Shack. Or... Uh, I know you'll be at Shake Shack. I fucking knew it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the one thing I remember, um, uh food wise do you remember when pizza hut introduced i mean sorry not pizza hut uh 7-eleven introduced like their pizza mm-hmm. and they would like all you had to do was like tweet about it and they'd bring you a pizza on the street yeah yeah there's there's been some good ones there was the mcdonald's food truck oh uh, yeah years ago where where uh, you could just go every day and get mcdonald's 
I waited. I was interviewed for Fortune for one of the some. Oh yeah, yeah that was I was such a douche. I was uh, I was interviewed or I was interviewed. You fucked me up. Uh, I was <laughs> I stood in the rain one night for Shake Shack. Uh, Seth Meyers oh, yeah. was there and he brought a Shake Shack food truck, um, and so I waited for a free meal there. Um, I've got some other tips for you that I'll uh, I'll tell you off mic. Oh, there was some. There was one time, one year that Subway was there selling their terrible or giving away their terrible pizzas. Ugh. Oh, it was so gross. Uh, all right, Cody. Anything else before we go? Uh, no, that's all. All right. On that note, I'm Jerry Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. Thank you for listening to this Cine Snob podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next week.